Welcome to Tavern Tales Jr. Humblewood Edition. This is a Dungeons and Dragons 5e actual play podcast for kids and adults. In Tavern Tales Jr., we will take a group of kids on a fantastical adventure, but this time we're all burbs. This podcast is created by and for kids. So let's see what heights we can reach today because we're burbs. I'm wondering if you'd go wandering with me. Through the wilderness and woods To where the winds are blowing free Through the darkness of the night Heading toward the morning light I wonder if you'd wander with me And I'll spread the word And you beat the drum We'll round up the troops And get the gang to come And we'll leave the streets neighborhoods head over the river and through the woods welcome to tavern tales jr humblewood edition a podcast for kids and adults played by kids and run by me kyle this is the final session of the Humblewood campaign. As I alluded to in the previous intro, we have decided to forsake the final encounters of the Humblewood campaign book and instead deal exclusively and solely with the politics and the social injustices that are at the heart of the issues in Humblewood itself, that fires and elemental flames are one thing, but the social inequality and injustices that are visited upon the humble folk by the bird folk need to be addressed more seriously. And as a result, my players have decided that that's going to be how the game is going to end. To that end, it has been almost a year and a half since we last played these characters. The last game was recorded in June of 2021, and it is now October 30th of 2022. And this final lengthy session will be released as a two-parter to conclude Humblewood by the end of this year. In fact, I believe this episode will come out as the last episode of December's month. And then we will start something new, which we've already been playing. Yeah. But we've decided to come back once all of the editing was done to ravel up and tie up with a bow all of the loose ends and missing pieces to give our Humblewood campaign the most satisfactory of conclusions we can. And so, let us once more close our eyes and sink into the world of the imagination. It is a brilliant, bright, sunny day. A new day. Your characters awaken in the golden antler taproom and in and tavern in the middle of the branches, in the middle of the tree of Alderheart. 
you can smell cinnamon and fresh baking in the air. You can smell roasted nuts and hearty fried worms as your characters stretch and break out any kinks they may have got from slumbering in deep, downy beds, hanging onto perches, nestled in for the night. The sun sends golden shafts of light through the windows of this large, expansive room that we find our four heroes nestled and sequestered away in. As the smell of this beautiful baking and the warming rays of the sun reach your faces, your characters awaken with their various bird song of the morning. Excellent, because birds sing to greet the day. And that was sort of song from the three of you. Maybe a bit more song from the bard, which I guess makes sense. Yeah. The early worm gets the robin. And we see our four characters clamber out of bed. Who are these individuals climbing out of bed? Please introduce yourselves as we go around the room and tell us who are you playing? What do they look like? How do they climb out of bed? Hi, my name is Will and I play the role of Tim Portens for the very last time. And um, he... Looks like his feathers are all wrestled up. His armor is laying in one corner of the room. Same with his weapons. And uh, he wakes up quite noisily and quite hard. I feel like the politics have been wrestling on his shoulder, making him quite tired. And he didn't get enough sleep last night, so he's quite tired. Which for politics is not a good thing, right? No, it starts out tiring and then gets even more so. He sees the next person at the table and says hello to them. Hi. Hi, my name is Savannah and I play the role of April Reaper, the blue jay that is very slowly and hazily climbing out of bed, trying not to trip over all her gear that she laid lying on the floor right at the feet of her bed. Oh, nice. And does a small wave of her wing to Tim. What's she look like? She clearly was moving around lots in her sleep as all of her feathers are in disarray. Yeah, and to be quite frank, she looks like a complete mess right now. I love it. And how do we know that she is an arcane trickster? Oh, actually, good question. Oh, no, I don't play. She seems like she's mumbling slight magic words or spells very vaguely as she's like trying to remember key elements of them so she can keep her prepared spells prepared yes i love it a great deal don't forget that you have your 50 gold piece diamond that you need to keep close to you at all times so you can cast chromatic orb right don't forget as well that you have a sword a very special sword the sword of Kren. 
<laughs> right, that guy. And one thing that everyone can see April is trying to do is leave the sword in bed, for somehow the sword, in its scabbard of course, wound up sleeping next to you and you were cuddled up spooning it all night long. You notice somebody else getting out of bed after you as you stretch. You wave and say hello to... And good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Rita Harper is sitting up, tufts of feathers that normally stick up off of her head are like drooped down and Rita is not typically a morning person (laughs) but as soon as they have had some breakfast and are better they immediately are ready to face the world they slowly get out of bed and she finds herself like talking to the lute, playing a few chords, and... What does she say? Wow, I need to tune you again. Yes, indeed you do. Oh, oh, you sound really metallic-y right now. (sighs) Fix me. (laughs) And the three of you get up and head for breakfast because Bobby Wooden Reaper is sick. And he is going to stay in bed and see if he can't get any better. Because unfortunately, as people get older, we start to drift away and Gary has chosen to leave the game for other pursuits. This happened quite some time ago for us as the players, but for unfortunately those who are listening at home, there is the sudden disappearance of Bobby. Nonetheless... Gary's doing very well, and Bobby is just a little under the weather and therefore will not be present for the final parts of this game. But if your characters would like to rely on their very close friend of Bobby Wooden Reaper in any way, shape, or form leading into this final session, you are more than welcome to do so. If there's something you want the tenders to do or Bobby as a ranger to do, I'm not going to restrict that. The character still exists in this world. He's just under the weather. Or his dragonfly. You head downstairs in your gear and your clothes, ready to face the day. And there is a big breakfast buffet laid out at the Golden Antler Inn. Ooh, worms. Your new home of operations. Nuts. They have worms. They have nuts. April, you have to get in on these worms. They're so good. They're nice and crisp. May I please get into those worms? Oh, yeah, Tim. You need to try these. You can try these nuts? Sure. I mean, nuts aren't really my thing, but, you know, these these worms are exquisite. Breakfast is laid out. We don't really need to talk about the specifics of the morsels of the food that you're eating what's more important here is this is the setting for you to establish what are you going to do and want to accomplish today in a scene together all right politics what is happening so we've already ensured that we're a part of the belts is there a debate today i feel like there's if there should be a calendar somewhere I think I'm going to go down to the church to see if they will vote for me. Okay, okay, nice. There is a debate today at Town Hall between some of the candidates. It's a smaller 
gathering, but uh, that is where I think I will go today. You're welcome to join me, April, but I'm sure you have some roguish thieving to get up to. Oh my gosh, what is with you? I swear, I'm not stealing anything. I know, I know, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll go see what, go with you and see what's happening. Will you join us at the town hall in a bit, Tim? Once you've done your church activities? Yep. All right. Heart of Humblewood. Let's go. Although, yeah, Connor is getting an increasing amount of votes with his 10-person army. Do we even know who exactly those people are? Do we know who those people are? No. So we need to figure that out. I like Tim's idea of going around and trying to get you guys more votes. Yeah. There is a list at Connor Goldpenny's house. One of the little gerbeans, the girlfriend of one of the other brothers, is a maid. And she saw a list at Connor Goldpenny's house and overheard that there was at least 10, or just 10 at this point, individuals that Connor Goldpenny was building into a cabal to continue to maintain and service his interests. We should talk to the Jerbeans today, attend the debate, talk to some people outside. Um, I think first round of voting is tomorrow. No, it's in like a week's time. Okay. There's lots of time before any voting will okay. occur. There will be a first round of voting because there's so many people running. First round of voting is in about a week. And I'd like to make another appearance at the Humble Folk Market. I'd like to help some humble folk get more votes and make sure that they're on the council because there's definitely people running down there. Yeah. Give some boosts, you know, promote promote voting within small corners of it. Make sure everyone's interests are upheld. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good list of things to do today. Okay. We should also probably go to our respective areas where we you know meet and talk with people like rita could go to that oh the uh club or thing that they go to the bard headquarters yes and then april could just randomly disappear and go to that area where they go when they randomly disappear yeah where do you go okay i went to go get water one night and i heard you like the night we were staying um in i think it is is it Bob, Bobby's father's house. And you were just like gone. Your window was open. Oh, yeah, just first. Oh, gosh, I forgot I didn't tell them yet. I think it's like you can't tell us or like. I don't know. You could tell us. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Just thought it would be funny to bring up. I don't know. Uh, anyways, where to first? I mean, if you don't want to share, that's fine. But what? <laughs> yeah, no. Not the time. We need. We have other things to focus on. Uh, where to first? April, are you doing something bad again? Like joining something like a thief skill? Are you going to get locked oh up my again? Gosh, no, no. I'm just saying we have other things to focus on. Fine. Okay. I have the idea of going to go get more votes, and I have the debate first up on the docket. So. Let's sure. This is a single debate of 10 individuals. There is another debate tomorrow of 10 individuals, and Tim is involved in that debate. Mm -hmm. In the debate that you're on, there's 10 total debates, five today, five tomorrow. 
each one has 10 of the candidates in it. And I will point out, Savannah, that your connections in the Thieves Guild and the knowledge that they probably have in the city would be very advantageous to know what's going on with regards to the voting. Yeah. And you do know that somebody else's dad is actually in the Thieves Guild. Correct. So, friends, what scene would you like to do first? Uh, We could do the church scene first. Sure. You head down to the very base of the tree, Tim Portance, alone. Do you greet or talk to people and make eye contact on the way down the trunk to the bottom? Or do you just fly down? How do you get there? I agree to make eye contact. What do you say to people generally as you pass? Hi, have a good day, and I hope you enjoy the voting. Excellent. You overhear at one point as people nod and smile. Most people don't seem to immediately recognize you. But I will say about one person in every five does recognize you. But half of those people greet you as, oh, that's one of Blaze's friends. Um, I say, well, Blaze didn't actually go on any adventures with us. Do you engage? That, that That's like a full-on story thing. Like, people are seeing you and they're whispering to each other like, oh, that's impertinent Tim. That's Blaze's friend. Another person says, that's Bobby Wooden Reaper. He's Blaze's friend. Well, f- to those people, I correct them. Okay. I correct them and tell them my actual name. Hmm. Make a persuasion check. 14. Yeah, that's enough. That person's like, oh, I, I will have to talk to my friend who told me that story and let him know that it, he was wrong. And so you're not Bobby Wooden Reaper. You're Tim Portance and Blaze's story isn't 100% true? Correct. Wow. And you do correct some people on your way down. And with that base, nice persuasion check, you do have... A few more people thinking and interested in who you are, and maybe these people will come and attend your debate at the forums the following day. You make your way to the base. You go up to the Church of Gaspard. You can see the same uh, hedgehog is out front. There's a a rabbit folk inside, and they're all very excited that you've arrived. They haven't heard from you in quite some time, and so they are interested in hearing about Gaspard's chosen goose, as you have brought back great knowledge and important information with that book that you got at the bandit camp, as well as the other information you've provided, as well as the things you've done with your shield. So after you have your greetings and these pleasantries and the tales of of the battles you've fought and won have been told, you settle down to the business of your and the purpose of your visit. When the elder Jerbeen says, So what brings you here? I just wanted to say that I came here because I'm running for the Council of Elderheart. Oh yeah, are you? Oh, it's interesting. Um, says another one. We did have another of uh, the Jerbeen folks. Wasn't that your your grandson, Philoderma? And she says, yes, he is my grandson. Phil is also running for the Birdfolk Council on a... A banner of friendship and adventure, you know, just like old Gaspar did himself. Great. Well, I hope he gets in. Same with me. Would you like to meet him? Yes, I would totally like to. They give you his address so that you can meet with Phil on the campaign trail. Now, 
We have another player who's heading off to do their speechifying at the forums and their debateifying. Our third player is accompanying them to watch the debates. Can I change that to... Or no, I guess I can't change. You absolutely do not have to f- go and watch the yeah. debates and do no role playing. Yeah. You can definitely I do something. The, yeah. What is April Reaper, the rogue arcane trickster, going to do? I want to go to the Thieves Guild and talk to people. Sounds like a great plan. Do you want to do that now or do you want to do that after the, the, the debates? I'll do that now, sure. All right, you pick the lock, you get in. You only have to pick the one lock this time. Um, The old man is there. You made it in. People are inside. And you can head in and speak to none other than Matt. Oh, hi, Matt. Uh, He says hello and asks what brings you to the Thieves' Guild today. I was wondering if anyone had seen maybe some of the candidates for the election talking with Connor Goldpenny. He gives you a look. Huh, Connor Goldpenny. Yeah, we heard that he's gone at least 10 bird folk hmm. to run. Not just bird not, folk. Not bird folk. Okay, right. Oh, really, Connor? You're progressive. <laughs> I'm surprised. Are you? A little. Okay. At least. I thought he was racist. <laughs> no, why would you think that? Because when we talked to him for like the first time, he was like... You want a humble folk on the bird folk council. Why would you want that? Yes, he did ask those questions, but that doesn't necessarily provoke or mean that he's racist. It means that he currently enjoys systemic power and privilege, and he was initially very uncertain about what your motivations were since you are now people of privilege and power in Humblewood as well. And... He has learned that his ideals and the things he holds dear are not the same values as yours, but you have provoked change in the world because at the end of the day, whether or not Connor Goldpenny is a racist, he is a worse thing than that. And that is what? Communist. (laughs) No, the opposite. Capitalist. He's a capitalist which means he will always work against democracy by using his means of capital. So he holds capitalism higher and more important than democracy. And so he has gone and found at least 10 people who will service and see to his needs. So if he wants trees to be cut down and he wants the earth to be dug up for natural valuable minerals doesn't matter if people need to be displaced he wants to have people on the council that are going to create edicts to say that that is a good thing and give those contracts to connor goldpenny because then he accrues even more power privilege and capital in society so he doesn't care really about bird folk humble folk on the council he cares about people he can control on the council Mm. people who have a debt to him people who see things the way he sees them very insidious and very hard to uproot capitalists are especially when they are people who have privilege and power moving on matt says yes 
we're very aware of Connor Goldpenny, and we're very aware of his cabal that he has put together of people he feels he can control. Can I ask you a question, April Reaper? Uh, yeah. You are currently working against Connor Goldpenny, or are you working with Connor Goldpenny? Before you answer that, Savannah, how do you feel the Thieves Guild feels about Connor Goldpenny? Do you wonder, perhaps, if Connor Goldpenny has infiltrated the Thieves Guild? Is Connor Goldpenny potentially an ally of Matt's or anyone in the Thieves Guild? And that if you were to reveal to the Thieves Guild your antipathy towards Connor Goldpenny, that that might put you in a difficult position? What do you think? Oh, gosh, I never thought about that. (laughs) Fair. I yeah, think they that might could... be against Connor because they're maybe they they give Robin Hood energy like mate. That sounds more like the Harpers. Oh right. <laughs> oh, that's well, a good point. Why don't you make an insight check? <gasps> and since you know Matt make very very well, yeah, and he is the uncle of Tim Portance or the stepdad of Tim Portance, related to Tim Portance. <laughs> You have advantage on this check. Oh, how lovely. However, this is a scaling check, so the better you do... The more insight. Okay. Will Sav win or fail? Nat 20. You got a natural 20? I did, yeah. It's a 15 and a 20. Wow. Well, then what do we say for those who roll natural 20s? We say... The I thought that might be the last time we ever said that. Last time we said that. (laughs) Maybe this was. 24. Because you are all so skilled in insight. I am, yes. So, you know. Matt has a great deal of antipathy towards Connor Goldpenny as well. He would like nothing more than to see Connor Goldpenny brought low. However... The Thieves Guild is a loose connection of individuals who have come together to adhere to certain dictates with regards to theft and other types of black arts and black market dealings. So he knows that the Thieves Guild themselves cannot be trusted to stand against Connor Goldpenny. The Thieves Guild is a neutral organization and therefore does not, as a group, find any reason to go up against him. Okay. But you believe Matt has gotten a bunch of thieves together and they are working on the side. Because with your insight check and your knowing wink and the responding nod from Matt, he takes you to a private room where a map is on the wall. This map on the wall is different from the one in the main room. Now, one of the first things you saw when you walked in there was the Thieves Guild was tracking all 100 candidates for election. Certain individuals had been has been circled and named and underlined and other things had been done to these individuals. 
But when Matt takes you to a side chamber, there's a different map with a hundred names on it. And those hundred names are differently circled and underlined. And Matt says, you're the friend of my stepson. And I know how much you hate Connor Goldpenny. And I will tell you how much Connor Goldpenny has made my life a living hell these past 10 years. I have fought him tooth and nail in the council, in commerce, and in business. He is, just like every other member of his family, undying. I'm hopeful that this new council will incorporate as few of those indebted to him as possible. This is my own private map that tells which individuals we think will fight best against capitalists and will keep democracy in their hearts before all else. Oh, I'm so glad I decided to come here. If you would like to be a quiet voice to certain nominated individuals running for council, I have some things that you may wish to tell them to help them in their quest to be elected. Deal. But you mentioned a list of 10 names, and we know that this list exists, but we have not seen it. And I think this list is more like 20 names at this point. Do you think you have it in you to break into Connor Goldpenny's house with your friends and copy this list or steal it? Yes, yes. If you are caught, if you are found out, your good names in the city will be blackened most terribly. Anyway, your friend Rita who in half an hour's time is about to get on stage and debate, is going up against Teddy Burglecut, who <laughs> is a badger folk. That with a receding hairline. Indeed, with a very bad <laughs> receding hairline, who owns a great deal of pasture and seed monopoly, and his elevation to the council would be a great marker for capitalists in general and not those who truly hold democracy in their hearts. I have information that Rita Harper, if she were to bring up during the debate, would definitely hurt Teddy Burglecut's chances of becoming elected. Were you planning on heading to the forums to see your friends debate? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was. Excellent. Here is a packet of information on Burglecut, as well as one of the others. I know for a fact that your friend and my stepson, Tim Portance, is debating tomorrow. Tim is facing off against Sunny Honeyvishal. No. One of the most beloved council members of all time on the council. I have a packet for Tim of what he could do and say, but aligning with Sonny and agreeing with Sonny 
and working well with Sonny would be in Tim's best interests to align themselves because everyone loves Sonny Honeybushel. I have a question for you. He has a third packet in his hand. He pats it twice into his open hand and you, you can't quite make out the name on the packet. Whose name could this possibly be? He says, there is a third person we don't believe is allied at all with Connor Goldpenny and is extremely popular and the likelihood of their election is very high. But I don't know your friendship level, if I can say that, with this person. But they seem to be connected with your group on all of your endeavors and adventures. But I can't confirm that Blaze is one of you. Are we hopeful to see Blaze get elected? We've done a lot of work. There is good chance that Blaze will be. But does Blaze, at the end of the day, believe in democracy over all other things? Say, I don't know, because we haven't really spent time with him at all. No. We have a mixed relationship with Blaze. Hmm. I'll just be frank. Um, Any stories he's told about being on adventures with us are complete lies. And we are not too happy with that, but he might be useful on the Bird Folk Council then because he seems to like us. Can you trust him? I think to some extent, yes. Then I will give you this packet and it will be up to you to decide whether or not you will give it to Blaze. All right. I'm still going to keep the question mark next to his name. I need to have that question mark removed before the end of all of the debates. Blaze's debate is the last of the 10 debates. If Blaze wins this debate and he is not on our side, that's troublesome because two of the people in the debate are people we know for a fact hold democracy true in their hearts. And while I, Kyle, recognize it has been two plus years of playing this game and I do not remember all the names of the little Jerbeen folk that were there. I know one of those Jerbeen folk really wanted to become an elected official and that one is running for council and that one is one of the people that the Thieves Guild trusts in that final debate. Say his name is Russell or whatever. So is there anything else I can do for you? Says Matt. No, this is so helpful. Thank you so much, Matt. Check in with us after dinner this evening, and we'll let you know when would be a good time to sneak into Connor Goldpenny's house. All right, yeah. So much information. Slay. You're wondering if I go wandering with you. What kind of trouble we'll get ourselves into. Would it be wrong to tag along with a band of vagabonds? You wonder if I'd wander with you. So I'll spread the word and you beat the drum. We'll round up the troops and get the gang to come. And we'll leave the streets and these neighborhoods head over the river. This concludes this episode of Tavern Tales Jr. We'll be back in two weeks with more of the adventure. Our intro and outro music is Through the Woods by the Okie Dokie Brothers. Find their music on iTunes or check them out 
at www.okidoki.org. And follow them on Twitter at Bros. We'd love a review on iTunes or check us out on Twitter at Tavern underscore Tales. See you all later! I'm wondering if you'd come wandering my way If you ever get lost or if the trail leads you astray The music of the pack can always bring you back I wonder, can we wander away? And I'll spread the word